0: up, so, y'all! Welcome on into the Govals Twenty Four Seven Podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio, and we got a breaking news edition of the Govals Twenty Four Seven Podcast. And we're going to go over to that home daycare center and get to Ryan Callahan. And if we're going to Ryan Callahan, you probably know why we're having a breaking news edition of this podcast. But Ryan, please be so kind as to tell everybody why we're having yet another breaking news edition of this Govals Twenty Four Seven Podcast.
1: Yeah, Wes, another huge addition for Tennessee out of the transfer portal. Uh, They they did a good job of addressing some major needs uh, last month. You know, tight end, cornerback, wide receiver, uh, getting some good players in. This may be the biggest of the bunch. Uh, LSU offensive tackle Lance Hurd, a former five-star prospect from Monroe, Louisiana, was a freshman, a true freshman this year for the Tigers. Made one start as a true freshman. Has committed to Tennessee. Uh, the Vols beat out Oklahoma. Uh, came down to those two teams in the end, and Tennessee wins out. Both schools hosted him on pretty brief official visits last weekend. He entered the transfer portal on January second uh, after uh, after not traveling with LSU for the uh, ReliaQuest Bowl in Tampa, and uh, you know it entered the portal and pretty quickly put together some visits and it ended up being a about a six to seven hour visit to Knoxville. Headed to Oklahoma that night and uh, and visited there uh, on that Sunday before the dead period started and uh, and it pretty much just came down to those two teams in the end. But uh, Tennessee getting a major major addition to address an obviously glaring need that we've discussed before. Uh, after Gerald Minsi headed to the transfer portal, the Vols had to have uh, some tackle help and and clearly wanted someone that could be a plug-and-play starter, and there just aren't many of those guys in the transfer portal, and they're hard to get uh, for obvious reasons. Everybody needs offensive line help, and hardly anyone is uh, totally satisfied with their offensive line. So, had a ton of competition for him. Came down to those two teams in the end, though, and Tennessee wins out. So, uh, huge, huge pickup here for Tennessee. Hard to overstate the importance of this one and the potential impact because you do, you know, you miss out on Jordan Seaton back in December, you know, picking Colorado uh, over Tennessee in a bit of a A surprise at the time you know that that, that's another one Tennessee was all in on and that was the kind of player they needed to sort of upgrade the talent and just you know give you a little more upside on the offensive line now you get a similar caliber player who already happens to have a year of college experience so in some ways maybe an even better fit for what Tennessee needs right now because they need someone who can play right away not just in the future so huge addition for Tennessee and, and obviously Ah, uh, one, one of the bigger splashes they've made in the transfer portal era so far.
0: Yeah, huge in many ways. Uh, I guess huge literally in, in that this young man is six foot six, three hundred and forty pounds. That is a that is a large mammal, uh, and, and not just it's not just six six three forty. I mean, this kid also has I think I've read a seven foot plus wingspan and like thirty seven inch arms, and I mean he those big old basket hands. I mean, he looks exactly like you would want a five star offensive. Tackle prospect to look like. And also metaphorically, huge because Tennessee desperately needed an offensive tackle. Really, sort of could use a guard, too, maybe touch on that later, but when Gerald Mincy left, it was already a need to begin with. And when Gerald Mincy leaving, it absolutely became an absolute gotta have it for Tennessee. And, and to go in there and not only get that, but to get a young man who Ryan was, this young man was, was 16th, I think, overall in, in the composite last year as a prospect. He's 13th overall in the portal this year as a prospect. Number two offensive tackle in the portal this year, this cycle. This is a an absolutely monstrous, monstrous pickup and one from frankly, that a lot of Tennessee people maybe weren't so sure about, were a little bit worried about Oklahoma there to go in there and get this. I mean, it's a this, it's a statement get.
1: It, it really is. And, and one that, you know, when he first went in the transfer portal, there was definitely some Tennessee talk right away because obviously the, uh, you know, the Vols had been interested, as you said, in just bringing in some tackle help to begin with. Uh, even before Gerald Mensy went in the transfer portal uh and he was the type of guy that was that was worth taking a swing on if you could get him um but then the early the the early you know team that was mentioned right out of the gate was was Old Miss as they have been mm-hmm. mentioned with a lot of uh a lot of top players in the transfer portal and and so you had to kind of wonder the first couple days there if there was anything to that uh and even into this the, this you know the past several days there was still talk here and there of Uh, Of of Ole Miss as a contender and whether he would visit Ole Miss before making a decision or anything like that, Uh, and and obviously it didn't didn't turn out that way. But uh, you know, Ole Miss I think was involved to some degree at least uh, at 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 parts of this, but uh, hard to say for sure how real that ever really was. I I I don't I didn't pick up on much uh, in the final days of this one that suggested the Rebels were a real threat. But regardless. Teams like that were involved, were interested. Uh, It it Just, you know, a player like this that goes in the transfer portal, uh, kind of like, you know, we talked about Texas A&M receiver Evan Stewart, you know, and there's a player that's that high profile in the transfer portal and and that's already kind of established himself a little bit. And and not that Lance Hurd's played a ton of football yet, but he's kind of shown enough to suggest he's going to be really good. Um, When a player like that's available in the transfer portal, you know, especially in his case, three years of eligibility left, clearly one of the top available assets out there you know pretty quickly what you're looking for I mean this guy's looking for a big time school mm-hmm. he's looking for for obviously a school with with resources nil is going to be a consideration for a player like that always so it, it, that kind of narrows the field pretty quickly but even after he narrowed it down this was still a pretty big battle so uh yeah like you said kind of a statement win here for Tennessee and one they one they really needed uh on, on the offensive line you know they could have probably been okay this year without a guy like this but this is one of those additions that gives you a chance to upgrade gives you a chance to really improve your offensive line which we've talked about before offensive line recruiting has has needed to improve for yes, Tennessee yes. uh they they I think took a step in the right direction with the 2024 class really like that that group and what the the, the the a few at least a few if not you know four out of five of those guys that you would say could could project as as potential starters and potentially all five have a chance to be pretty good players in the long run uh and then you've got you know a six and jeremiah's heard that could end up on the offensive line we'll see so a lot to like about that class that's a step in the right direction but you still you still need somebody to emerge as a big time player there's there, there was no darnell Wright, no Wanye morris type on this roster right now really they, there's some good players just not any any that look like they've got a chance to elevate that to a to a higher level and this is the kind of addition that gives you a chance to do that and maybe most important He's not just an addition for 2024. He's two years away from even being eligible to enter the draft. So yep. this is the guy you're going to get for at least two years, no matter what, and obviously potentially more depending on how things go. So uh, this is a massive addition, not just for 2024, but for the next couple of years. It gives Tennessee a chance to really build around him on the offensive line while they continue to kind of fill out the the depth of this offensive line and, and, and add to what they've brought in the past couple of years.
0: Yeah, and if I had to guess, Ryan, it, it looks like probably – I mean, I, coming out of high school, I know there was talk about, is he a left tackle, is he a right tackle? That's always the discussion, right? And, and and maybe looks like could be a left tackle at Tennessee. We'll touch on that in a second. But just to get back to why he's leaving LSU, you're talking about I – mean, th- th- this is a Monroe, Louisiana native, right, from down there in Neville High School. You know, LSU is a nightmare to beat for, for guys in that state. We all know that. Everyone's always known that, you know. Bama occasionally goes in there and gets some that LSU wants and you know maybe Florida State you'll see some people go in there and do that occasionally but it's a really hard state when it draws a circle around you like it 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 keeps you in state a lot of times it's really good at that and this young man played at LSU for only one year and then he's going through the portal I got to think LSU's depth there played a factor. Uh, I, I, they, they've got a lot of nice offensive tackles there. That's a position that they've recruited and developed pretty well. And I think it was just an opportunity for him to kind of step out and and step into something that looked more like a for-sure starting position, fair to say.
1: Yeah, and, and, and probably even, I probably would even take it further than that. It, it looked like they had two locked-in starters uh, at tackle, and that obviously is the way it played out this year certainly wasn't any reason on his end to be confident in something changing going into next year. Um, Will Campbell, a sophomore, was the left tackle. Emory Jones, the guy who visited Tennessee once upon a mm-hmm. time yep. um, before before picking LSU and, and staying, uh, I believe he's from Louisiana, but staying in state there. Uh, he's also a sophomore, and and uh, that's, that's the position, uh, right tackle, where Lance Hurd did fill in for one game, the Army game back in October as the starter there. He came in off the bench, though, to play in all 12 regular season games. So got a little bit of experience, but he was never able to unseat anyone for a starting job. And, uh, you know, again, former five-star prospect. And we, we've talked about this in regard to Tennessee, uh, and, and some, what some of the challenges I think they will face at some point in the future with getting young players on the field, it's just harder and harder to convince big time players, especially as you continue to recruit at a higher level, it's harder and harder to convince those guys to wait more than one year to play. Um, so if they don't see a path to a starting job their second year a lot of these guys aren't going to stick around for that uh, that's just sort of the era we're in these guys aren't aren't tied down to anything They can enter the transfer portal and now you're looking at guys being able to transfer multiple times there's even less reason for them to uh, to, to hold back if they have any reservations about their situation so uh, in his case I think he knew he was probably looking at another year of being a rotational guy at best and Said, hey, I want to start, and on top of that, it sounds like he wants to play left tackle, and uh, you know was was uh, definitely looking for that in the transfer portal. So yeah, we can get into that here in a second, but it it definitely yeah, because
0: Tennessee kind of has a has a guy who started at left tackle last season, so that's it's a thing.
1: Yeah, and that that is we will see how that how that works out. I I think Tennessee's been recruiting him to play left tackle, though. I I think I think they envision. envision Lance Heard being the starting left tackle and the plan has been to move John Campbell to right tackle so we'll see how that works out I, you know there were some some posts on social media that that John Campbell made that certainly suggested he was maybe not thrilled about that possibility but I think there's at least some optimism that they'll be able I mean, to Darnell Wright to... was
0: a top 10 pick as Tennessee's right tackle but let's you know what I mean yeah
1: well, there's sort of a misconception out there, I think, in, in players. I, I mean, you can't begrudge players wanting to play where they want to play. And, I, I, and I, I get that everyone thinks that they have the, the most potential at, uh, to to make money and, and be bi- be big time in the NFL at certain positions, right? Safeties often want to be corners. Yep. You know, defensive tackles want to be defensive ends. No That's one
0: all... wants to be a running back.
1: Yeah, no one – or, or, yeah, players who aren't running backs their whole lives certainly don't want to be running backs. And then, uh, and and then yeah, you, you've you got a lot of, you know, sometimes bigger wide receivers don't want to move to tight end and things like that. You know, there's always these things. that Guys have these preconceived notions about certain positions. And so the big one for offensive linemen is often, especially when these guys play tackle in high school, sure. is f- few offensive linemen, I have found some, but few want to be considered interior linemen. They always want to be tackles because tackles they think That's the money position, right? And if you're Mm -hmm. a tackle, often you want to play left tackle because the highest paid ones in the NFL are for the most part left tackles. But again, we're talking about a very small sub sub group of that of that left tackle population that's making that much money. But regardless, that's why a lot of guys want to play that position, and they just sort of get that idea stuck in their head. So I think John Campbell's had this idea; he's a left tackle, doesn't want to move off that spot. But we'll see. I think there's at least some optimism that they'll be able to work that out, and that he'll. He'll move over to right tackle, but hey, I I think bottom line that was a huge, huge factor for Lance Hurd, and clearly he feels he's going to get that opportunity at Tennessee. So one way or another, I think that's how it's going to work out. I think he's going to be Tennessee starting left tackle next season. Um, You know, if John Campbell really makes this an issue, you know they've always got the possibility of going back to the portal for somebody else or 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 something if it came to that. I don't think it will.
0: One phone call with Darnell Wright ought to settle that.
1: Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I, I think he still has a pretty good opportunity to Tennessee. I think it's kind of been laid out to him that way that hey, you have still got a chance to to be a locked in starter in the SEC. This is not a bad opportunity. He's played right tackle before too. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just played played a lot of left tackle and wants to wants to be there. But you can you uh, can yeah. eat,
0: you can eat just as much Waffle House as a right tackle as you can at left tackle.
1: <laughs> That's right. So uh, so it's it's still a pretty good situation for him. But you know, we'll we'll see if there's any any real resistance to that but yeah it did look like at least his initial reaction to that was you know he's a little hesitant to make that move and you know again I get it guys have have these ideas in their heads of what position they need to play for their future Gerald Menzi for the longest time thought of himself as a mm-hmm. left tackle before kind of reluctantly making that move to right tackle going into this past season so uh, a lot of guys have that thought and he's clearly one of them but uh, regardless I think Tennessee's plan because Lance heard kind of you know, I think almost demanded it essentially in the transfer portals. He wanted to play left tackle, and that's uh, he's a player of the of the caliber that that has the has the right to demand that essentially because uh, there were schools willing to give it to him. And uh, so, so if Tennessee doesn't play in there, it'll be a problem probably. So I think he will be uh, Tennessee starting left tackle next season. But the bottom line is he's a player more than capable of holding down that spot and playing really well there. And Tennessee's really excited about his potential and having a guy like that to let's face it, protect Nico. Iamaliava's blind side, which is a huge, huge deal.
0: Yeah. And you know, you talk about the golden rule, right? He who has the gold makes the rules. And we talk about a player empowerment era. Well, players have more gold. Now players can make more rules. And and this is the era that we're living in. And if you don't like that, I understand that. Uh, But you're sort of tilting in a windmill there. This thing is where it is and that's where it's going. And And it's here to stay. But there's a lot more to discuss about this. This is a huge development for Tennessee, obviously. This is a huge win for Tennessee uh, on the trail. I guess you would also call the the portal trail the recruiting trail. It all kind of feeds into the same place anyway, right? Many many roads leading to the same destination, and that's playing in the football games. So Tennessee has made a big addition here. Tennessee's – offensive line certainly looks like a better situation now, but we'll talk about that, we'll talk about a little bit more, talk about another recent addition Tennessee made from the portal that we weren't able to make a big deal about at the time, uh, because we weren't able to do that at the time, we weren't around uh, certainly enough to do that at the time but we got a lot to discuss about that one too Tennessee's portal future, etc lots to get to, but before we do that, we are slightly overdue for a break here on this Go Vols 24-7 podcast, the breaking news edition of the podcast, and we're going to go pay some bills, listen to products Services, in-house ads, etc., and then come back right here and pick up where we left off on the Govols Twenty Four Seven Podcast hashtag Ad Money. Welcome back to the Eagle 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio, Ryan Callahan coming to you from his home daycare center, talking Tennessee football recruiting here on this edition of the podcast, this breaking news edition of the podcast. Tennessee has gone into the portal. And it has picked up a big one. It has picked up five-star offensive lineman Lance Hard from LSU, a big, big-time prospect, the number 16, I believe, overall prospect last year coming out of high school, uh, the number 13 or 14 overall prospect this year in the portal, a big, big addition for Tennessee. Lots to discuss about that, what it means for the Vols up front, offensively in general, other stuff in the portal. Regardless, lots to get to, and we'll get to all of it. As soon as you take just a second here and listen to this brief request from us to please go in there, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. If you're just listening on the website at goballs 247com nothing wrong with that. No wrong way to consume this podcast. does help us out more, though, if you go in there on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, Amazon, anywhere in the world, you can cast a fine pod. You can find this twenty 247 podcast. We do this for free. We are happy to do it. It's a labor of love. No complaints. Since you're doing it for free, though, I don't think it's too much to ask to go rate, review, subscribe and tell your friends, tell everybody, you know, tell everybody you want to know, tell everyone around you, put it on your social medias, right? Put it on Twitter, X, put it on Facebook, put it on Instagram, uh, you know, do a TikTok dance about it, whatever it is that you kids do these days, you wacky kids. Go share all of it. Just tell everyone about this podcast. That is how it has grown the way that it has. That is why it has become what it has become and why it will get even bigger in the future. So if you're already doing all that stuff, thank you. We love you. If not, I award you no points and may God have mercy on your soul. Ryan, we all knew that Tennessee had a big needed offensive tackle in the portal, and that's sort of one half of the issue right the other half of the issue is kind of what 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 are what are you willing to to offer someone right you can have a vacancy right i can think of some teams like let's say vanderbilt that has lots of needs at lots of positions tennessee happens to be a team that doesn't have quite as many needs does have a need However, at offensive tackle, but what it had to sell to someone, and I'm not just talking NIL funds here. That, that's a big part of it. But what Tennessee had to sell was a really, really good opportunity, perhaps a very, very rare opportunity, to come in as an offensive tackle, be virtually assured of starting and playing for a team that some will rank top 10 heading into the season and has a sophomore quarterback who's one of the most exciting quarterback prospects of the past decade, maybe on the recruiting trail, and has a lot of skill position players, some good backs, some really good receivers, a nice tight end coming in, a really nice situation that they were able to sell. So I'm not surprised that Tennessee has gone on and gotten someone like this, because, Ryan, when you look at the overall package Tennessee had to sell to someone, it was a good package.
1: Yeah and I, and and like you said I think that that is going to continue to entice some players not just on the offensive line but you know obviously wide receiver that helped Tennessee land uh, Chris Brazel last month from from Tulane uh you know all the all the running backs tight ends everyone I, I speak with about about Tennessee's offense and the program in general uh, is obviously excited about what they have going and and the the potential of teaming up with with Nico Emliavva so you you certainly have that Going for you, no, no question, uh, and, and I, I think at the same time, you know, for the most part, a lot of guys in the transfer portal, it, it is often a lot about two things: it's about playing time and and, and nil. Let's sure. face it, that's what it's that's what it's kind of sure. Come but down but to but but, but,
0: but Tennessee can offer that in addition to yeah. a good situation around you.
1: Absolutely, and, and but this this does answer the question because I, I I thought it was only a matter of time before Tennessee would win one of these battles. But the question I heard so often was. You know is Tennessee really as competitive in Nil as as we, uh, as we were led to believe early on they, they were? are they you know why do they continue to lose on the offensive line? Uh, even though it really wasn't that many guys they, they messed out on just some notable misses that were yeah that, not that, many that, but that, big ones. Yeah, that, that stung, including obviously Jordan Seaton back in December. Some things just fell against them though it wasn't really that they were doing anything wrong. You know, we we heard a lot of people, you know, questioning Glenn Ellerby as a recruiter and and sure, that's that's something you can always always look to. But in this day and age, it often comes down to just where do players want to go. Uh, and it's and it's about NIL and chances to get on the field and, and things like that in, in a lot of cases. And in this case, you know, this this I think shows that Tennessee is plenty competitive in that space and they are um they, they do have a lot to sell. Uh and obviously this is a guy that's coming from an SEC school, you know, played with a played with the Heisman trophy winner this season, so he's uh, he's used to, to, to seeing some good players around him. Uh, and, and I think he obviously feels like he's not, not taking a step down, going to a place like Tennessee He feels a chance, uh, feel that there's a chance he's going to be part of another really good offense at Tennessee too. So, uh, yeah, all that plays into it, no question, but I think this does answer any questions anybody might've had about how competitive Tennessee is in the, uh, in the NIL space and also just the you know how how committed they were to fixing and upgrading the offensive line which they clearly have done uh with this move and you know you can you can have questions still because uh lance Hurd, i think played fewer than 200 snaps this season at lsu he's sure, not sure he's not, super,
0: there's no guarantee there
1: yeah no he's, he's not super super experienced but but the production he's had so far has been really really good not not uh i think didn't allow a sack or maybe one sack allowed in those in those 192 snaps or whatever he's played it's the numbers are, are really impressive so far for the little bit of playing time he has had. Now, granted, his one start was against Army, so he's not played it's not like he got out there against Alabama and started or anything like that. But well, they, they what,
0: won the game, Ryan. He he was able to that's be right. all he could be.
1: That's right, and uh, so well done. Uh, but he 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 has done well with what uh, with the small sample we have seen from him. So the the bottom line is, you feel like you're getting a really talented player. With a ton of potential, and you're getting him for what should be uh, at least the the at least two and potentially three, but the the best years of his career. You know this is what you're um, this is what you're hoping to get from a five star when you recruit him. It's never that freshman year really that's the best you're going to get from a player. And usually, most guys, as as he showed this year at LSU, are not going to get on the field right away as a true freshman, especially on the offensive line. So you're getting him for the most valuable years of his career, and he should step right into a starting job. And it's a guy that Tennessee obviously feels ability-wise is going to upgrade their you know, athleticism and, and their strength. That's the beauty of him. He's 6'6, yeah, man. According,
0: that's a large according to his
1: LSU bio. So he moves well, has the frame that you want, and then also has the kind of weight to have, have some real strength in the run game. Um, so it's just you're kind of getting a, a guy that's potentially the best of both worlds. He's he's maybe not a completely finished product, and that's that's both exciting and uh, a reminder to fans that he still might have some mistakes early on because he hasn't played just a ton. Uh, but regardless, he's a guy that they feel can make their offensive line better next year. Um, so it's a it's a big, big deal that, that, uh, that you get to add a guy like this. But it's, again, I think a, a reminder to people that, yeah, some things didn't fall Tennessee's way uh, with some guys on the offensive line. But this is a reminder they have been very competitive and something finally just fell in their favor uh, in, in one of these tough, tough battles that we often see these days. It's not easy to get a five-star. It's not easy to get a, a coveted player out of the transfer portal. That's why they've missed on guys, not really anything they did wrong. And now this time, something finally fell their way.
0: Well, and you're also getting a guy who has spent a full season in a strength and conditioning program the caliber of LSUs, which is a very, very top quality, top notch with the facilities and with the personnel, a very, very good strength and conditioning program. And on top of that, you mentioned about kind of the peak years of his college career and all that. Let's not forget, Ryan, that the questions about Ellerby have nothing to do with his ability to coach the guys he's got. I mean, the, the guys that he's got have gotten better playing for him. I don't think there's any question that he, as a pure football coach, he is on the same page with Heupel as much as anybody in the building. You know, he is, in, in a lot of ways, sort of Heupel's right hand in a lot of ways. They, they they have been together for Heupel's entire head coaching career, and they are on the same page. They want the same things, and he knows what Heupel wants these, these tackles and these guards and these centers to be. And he gets a pretty good amount out of the guys he has available. So the question has been, could he bring in the talent required to to do something like that, right? Because he inherited like some of the Darnell Wrights and those other guys like that. Could he go get the next generation of guys on his own? And, I mean, not that it's just up to him, but obviously he's the position coach. So the questions have never been, I think, about him as a coach. Maybe some people in some places, but no one of any note that I've ever seen has really questioned him as a position coach. And so now you're giving him a player like this and I bet he can make something pretty damn good out of it.
1: Yeah. And, and, and Hey, the, uh, you know, again, for, for whatever, however you want to frame recruiting battles these days, position coaches are still a big part in this mm-hmm. and Glenn Ellerby yeah. did a, did a nice job with him. It's just, it's just speed dating. You don't have to worry about building a relationship for six months. It's, you know, 10 days or two weeks or, you know, whatever it might be in all these cases, you're, you're getting to know a player in a very short amount of time. But clearly, in a, during a short visit and uh, and 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 the the amount of time he was in the transfer portal before making a decision, he got to know Glenn Ellerby well enough, and and thought this is the guy I could see myself playing for. So you've got to give Glenn Ellerby credit uh, for for pulling this off, and again for for helping Tennessee get some good players in the twenty twenty four class too. I think they did a nice job, uh, and, along with the the guys that helped him on the offensive line. Graduate assistant Kevin Pendleton, mm-hmm. uh, Micah James, also the uh, the analyst that helps out with the offensive line. Those guys have done a nice job uh, of assisting Glenn Ellerby as well, but they they landed Bennett Warren back in the summer. That's a top 100 player out of Texas. That was a big-time battle with Michigan, uh, and, and Texas A&M was in that one uh, pretty heavily as well and, and definitely wanted him, and that's a guy from the Houston area. So uh, hard to beat out Texas A&M down there. They did that. They, they go into Texas and get another four-star, a top 247 prospect in Max Anderson. So uh, William Satterwhite out of Ohio, some good players they got in this class. So yeah, it's not that, uh, I don't think people should have the the feel that Glenn Ellerby is an ace recruiter, but I do think he's, he's shown that in, uh, you know, with the, the way you're recruiting with the, with the complete package in this era where it's not as much about the, the, the recruiters, it's not just about having dynamic personalities. It's about being able to sell someone on their opportunities across the board. He can get it done. And, and Tennessee has gotten it done in this case. And, uh, and with the, and with some other good players as well, so I think they're showing they can be just fine. And as you said, LRB has shown he's a he's a good developer of players. And the results, you have to be impressed. You know, even with some injuries and things like that this year, they still rated it out very well in, in terms of offensive mm-hmm. line yep. uh, with pass protection and, and other other grading. So the run game was really productive this year. Um, it, you have to be pretty impressed with the results. So I, I I think this is a a good sign overall for the for the health of Tennessee's offensive line in the future and. And if uh, if you had questions about you know, whether Glenn Ellerby can help Tennessee land big-time players on the offensive line, this should answer at least some of those uh, that he, shows, again, shows he can get it done.
0: And And I think for Tennessee in the portal, just sort of generally speaking, right, like there's been some plenty of consternation about, you know, is Tennessee – with Heupel attacking the portal the way that, that you want to attack it, right? I mean, not everyone's going to go out there and do what Lane Kiffin's done at Ole Miss in terms of just not relying exclusively on the portal, but relying pretty pretty heavily on the portal and getting a lot of guys. And there's always that, that, that desire that fans have to go get that. It's the new thing. It's the new way to get players. And, you know, Heupel has said time and time again, he does not – this is a supplement at best. He views general, typical, old-school recruiting – as the best way to build the kind of program that he wants. But with that said, he's gone in there in the portal every year and gotten some really nice players out of it. And right now, we'll see what the final rankings are, but as of now, Tennessee's got, what, two of the top 20 players in the portal? I mean, with him and Stays in terms of the rankings right now? And then a couple guys, I think, in in Brazil, and especially in the transfer corner from Oregon State, who we've got him rated at 103, and... I have a hard time thinking there's 102 prospects in the portal better than him. Every time I've watched them play throughout the year, he's the guy who stood out to me at times. I'm like, that's a really nice young player. I like him a lot. And Brazil, you know, the lineage there, his dad being an NFL receiver, him being, you know, the kind of body that he's growing into, the production he had as a redshirt freshman at, at Tulane, he could end up being better than wherever he's ranked in the 60s or wherever it is right now. Bottom line, Ryan, they've gotten some really nice players from the portal, and they've gotten guys like, uh, even, you know, McCoy was ranked in the, what, 103. That was a big-time battle Tennessee had. Uh, Brazil's big-time battle for Tennessee. Uh, Stays was a huge battle, big-time battle. Tennessee won that one. And this one right now with Hurd is one of the bigger, bigger battles in the portal, and Tennessee won that one.
1: Yeah, I, I was going to say I, I think the perception has been out there um, in, in the past couple of years, and, and there was and there was evidence to it. You could certainly point to what you know the battles that Tennessee never either never got far enough in to really track or just didn't get involved with in the past. There was this perception that Tennessee was skipping out on a lot of the top players in the transfer portal, and 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 this year that definitely has not been the case. You know, in the past. Maybe there weren't as many of those that they kicked the tires on. In some cases, it was just that players were, you know, either knew where they wanted to go. In some cases, or they just didn't have a, enough interest in Tennessee to get to the point of visiting. Uh, and they, they've had some other opportunities they, they missed out on for, for guys that did consider them. So it's not as though they've completely sat out those battles. But as you said, they've, they've made a conscious decision to build the program mostly uh, by, by recruiting high school players and junior college players occasionally. Um, and not just relying on the transfer portal, they've yet to take more than ten transfers in one off season uh, in terms of scholarship players, at least. So that that's a you know that's a, a not a modest number, but it's not a huge number compared to what you see some programs doing. It's certainly not what Colorado's doing. It's not even what Ole Miss is doing this off season. Um, so you you do have. I understand why that perception was out there, but this year, trust me, they've taken some big swings. It's just that some of these guys were not household names and that's why I think people didn't feel that they were going after some of the big guys you know yeah, they're but not getting-
0: look who else is, is fishing for the guys though that that tells right. you the story
1: exactly but the, you know sometimes I'd say I, I've said this before too sometimes the best finds in the transfer portal are the guys that you've heard less about not so much the the household names you know obviously Quinshawn Judkins and some of these guys they're proven stars um, but they're obviously you know not every one of those guys fits your program and in some cases it's pretty obvious what a lot of these guys they're they're out there for nil they want they're going to cost a ton of money which i have no which i have
0: z- absolutely zero problem with by the way but still right. it happens
1: but but you but you have to to manage your resources and it's a matter of where you want to to, to try to spend that and obviously if there's a certain guy you know t- you know, I, I heard some people asking why Tennessee wasn't going after Judkins. They don't feel they've got enough of a needed running back to to justify, you know, devoting any of those resources to getting a running back. They're not even pursuing a running mm-hmm. back right now. They they feel comfortable with what they have at that position, and they're ready to turn things over they, to they, to Dylan they, Sampson. Yeah, and, they had and to fight, Seldon.
0: and they had to fight to make sure they were going to keep Sampson too. I mean, the, yeah. there were there was talk there for a while that there was a chance they might not. Let's let's not gloss over that.
1: Right. So so there there's a uh, and yeah, you do have to to juggle that because. Um, I I think I think we've what we've seen in the first years of this, uh, it's it's easier to keep your own players than it is to to sort of, you know, get someone out of out of the portal with the help of NIL and things like that. As you manage a budget and you're essentially managing a payroll, it, it, it just it's a it seems like a smarter long term investment from what from what we can tell so far to get high school players, develop them yourself and just keep them. Tennessee's obviously done a good job of keeping a lot of the players that wanted to keep. You had a few guys that got away, Tyler Barron, Tamari McDonald, you know, Wesley Walker, some guys that played a lot of football for them, but not too many of those uh, that, that got away this offseason. You've not had, you didn't lose Dylan Sampson and, you know, Nico and you know, some of those guys, not that Nico was looking to leave, but you know, you kept all those guys, James Pierce. Um, there was no drama with them. This yeah, because so.
0: James Pierce, of of any of a lot of the players out there in college football, you're talking about maybe the preseason SEC Defensive Player of the Year next season or at least a guy yeah. who has a shot for that. That kid could have gone into the portal and been like, show me every penny you have, and somebody right. would have paid it.
1: Yep, so they've they've done a good job of keeping those guys, and that's one reason you don't want to live in the transfer portal all the time because it is just so expensive to go get good players these days. Um, so, yeah, I think they've done a good job of managing it. And this year, though, at the same time, like you said, they've won some big-time battles. This is their fourth four-star transfer edition in 24-7 sports Ranking so far. Don't gloss over that. That's a pretty big number. I, I think they ended up with four last year as well, but they were they were a little lower ranked in some cases. You know, McAllen-Castles, they had some good players in that group, but just not stars. Th- this group, I think, has a couple guys who at least have the potential to be stars. Certainly, I'd put Lance Hurd in that category, and then, you know, we'll see how good Holden stays, proves to be, but I think he's got a chance to be a really good fit for what Tennessee does. Um, might, might not be a guy that has 900 or 1,000 yards receiving or anything like that, but I think he's got a chance to be a little bit of an upgrade there and to be a really good fit as, as a, something close to an every down tight end for Tennessee to the extent they'll ever have one. You know, they've, they've shown a, a willingness to play two. But it looks like they're going to give him a little more of the lion's share of the reps there uh, going into next season, or at least that's the plan. Um, and then yeah, Chris Brazzle certainly has a chance to be, you know, in a lot of ways what we thought Dante Thornton might have been this past season. I think I think Brazzle looks like he's a little more proven. Uh, certainly Thornton was a the guy they took a chance on the talent. It's not not clicked so far, still has a chance to work in year two, obviously. But the, the talent's kind of still there. In, the talent's still yeah, there. The talent, talent's still there, but he was but he was a guy from Oregon, remember, that never really started full time. They were they were sort of counting on that part time production translating to a full time role. Brazel's more proven, so you know some of those guys, as you said, Jermod McCoy as well. Um, I I really like this transfer group so far, and that and that's just the four stars. So uh, they they've definitely made some nice additions, and yeah, they're they're not they're not household names. Even Lance heard because offensive linemen obviously usually aren't household names, but hey, they're getting some big time players, and and most importantly, addressing some major needs with guys who look like they're upgrading the talent level of this roster.
0: Yeah, Ryan, and, and there's lots of other places that they're, that they're still trying to upgrade if they could, right? I mean, Tennessee's had a, a pretty good portal class to this point. I think most people would say it's never perfect, but – I think it's been a pretty good one for Tennessee. Obviously, adding a talent like this is is certainly big, and there's been a few talents like this uh, or, or in this stratosphere that Tennessee has added in this class. But, you know, Tennessee had more um, more needs up front, really, you know, and, and we'll see. Maybe there, there's something else going on on the defensive line, too. We'll see about that. But we're sticking mostly with the O-line here. So what, what what's going on there? Any more possibilities out there? Any more? Did Tennessee feel good about where things are? Where do you think things are going?
1: Yeah, it, it, it's hard to say. And, and obviously, you know, it, in all transparency, at the recording of this podcast, we don't know yet exactly what possibilities are going to turn out to to be uh, real options for Tennessee and which ones aren't. But I do think they would like to be uh, involved with another guard. Uh, I think they would like another another option at that position. We obviously saw that they hosted uh, a couple visitors over the past uh, several weeks at that spot. Uh, they, they, they went after Jalen Farmer, the former Florida offensive lineman back in December before he committed to. Kentucky that was not a guy that they you know just went all in for but I think they would have liked to have him because he's someone else that they could have brought in kind of like a Gerald Mincy a couple of years ago that had not played really at Florida but they thought you know had 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 a starter caliber skill set um, so they looked at bringing him in and then they hosted Kansas transfer Armaje Reed Adams uh, earlier this month before he picked Texas A&M coming off uh, visits to those two schools uh, and he was a Texas native so not surprised that he uh, decided to, to go back to his home state uh, with some family considerations also being a factor there apparently but that um, that th- those two sort of got away so I think they are still interested in adding another guard so we'll see what else pops up there and I think there are you know well, as you know again we'll see what other possibilities pop up but you know Washington, Alabama, Arizona some other schools have been affected by coaching changes that have school have players entering the transfer portal so we'll see uh, if anything surfaces there so there, there still might be some options out there this month. Even if that doesn't work out for the month of January, though, Tennessee could still explore, explore some other options after spring practice. Especially if they sort of feel things out this spring and feel that they need to add someone there, um, that there will be some other players out there that might at least you know be options to come in and compete for that spot. Um, there was the other possibility out there last weekend uh, that Tennessee was 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 trying to host Percy Lewis, uh, the Mississippi State transfer, before he committed to Auburn. Uh, that was still That was still scheduled uh, to happen at one point before Lance Hurd committed, Um, but but since that was still that that situation was still sort of up in the air, but not at the same time. So uh, that 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 Lewis visit ended up getting called off, and he just committed to Auburn without taking the trip to Knoxville. But that possibility was out there. I think Tennessee was interested in exploring that one, but the bottom line is, I think Hurd saw himself as a tackle. I think Tennessee was interested in saying, "Hey, could you be?" Could you could you maybe redshirt and wait for for next year to have a chance to start at tackle or could you could you play guard this year because we could use you there and you're a big bodied guy like could it still work somehow and it, I think it just was too easy for him to say I'll just go to Auburn and play tackle this year and and, and let that be that so uh, so that possibility kind of fell by the wayside so I think they're done at tackle you know I think it'll be Lance Hurd at left tackle John Campbell at right tackle in all likelihood and and then uh, we'll see if they can add somebody at guard but certainly easier to envision this being a a, a patch patched up offensive line going into next season. Now with the addition of, of Lance Hurd, that's the big one. And now we'll see if they can uh, find anything that represents an upgrade at the guard position.
0: Yeah. I mean, I hate to say Ryan, that that any one position is more important than another one, but if I have, I, I would rather have questions at guard than tackle uh, just the way the game is played. You know, the, as much space as there is these days, as just ridiculous as edge rushers have gotten, not that you can just, be terrible at guard or center. I mean, you need to be good at those places, but I mean if you've got a revolving door or kind of a matador out there at tackle, you're you're screwed. I mean, you got to change what you're doing offensively. You got to chip all day with backs and tight ends and you can't get them involved in the pass game. And it just changes everything you want to do. I mean if you can be good at those tackle spots. I mean I would rather just personally, I love offensive guards, but I would rather have a question at, you know, I'd rather have a question at left guard than I would left tackle or right tackle.
1: Yeah, and and at this at this point, Tennessee I think has better options at at guard as well. I think they if they if they got in a bind and just couldn't add anyone else, you've at least got a couple guys who played some football before uh, at Tennessee, and Andre Andre Carrick and and Lance uh, Jackson Lampley. Uh, So both of those guys, you know, certainly are are viable options that are already on your roster that are are going to be seniors this season. Uh, So you know those two are, are certainly in line to to have a shot at that spot and. And Lampley coming off his start in the in the Citrus Bowl, where he looked pretty good against Iowa and graded out really well in that game on Pro Football Focus. Certainly, you know, has to be feeling pretty confident about himself. And saw Ollie Lane had a similar, I think, career trajectory where, as a six-year senior, he finally got a chance to start. Jackson Lampley, I think, maybe envisioning himself taking a similar path. So we'll we'll see if it works out like that. But if, if Tennessee can't add anyone else, you've got those guys, uh, and you've also got some young guys, Vice and Lang. Uh, you know, certainly Addison Nichols would have been in the mix if he hadn't left, but he did. And he's now at Arkansas. Um, so they've got some young guys there. And then obviously some some brand new guys like Max Anderson, William Satterwhite. You know, I don't think it's it's wise to count on any true freshman starting, but crazier things have happened, I suppose. So you've got enough bodies there. There should be plenty of competition. And the fact that a couple of them are veterans who have started games, I, I think you feel OK with that position. Like if you had to go that route, you certainly could at tackle. If you hadn't added Lance Hurd, it would have been a concern. It would have been, you know, Dane Davis or someone who's not played a lot of football before playing the the, the right tackle spot. So that, that's a much better situation now. And and with guard, you know, again, they're going to keep looking for options to upgrade. But if you can't find someone, you've at least got a couple guys there who've played a lot of football before.
0: Yeah, it's not like the end of the world if, if someone like Dane Davis is starting for you, but you'd rather have him earn it than just kind of walk into it. You know what I mean? Like if he earns a starting spot, good for him. But you'd rather the more competition, the merrier. And, and bringing in guys of this caliber certainly is the way to do it. And, you know, that's just it's the portal world that that we live in now. This is the world. This is the way of the world. This is how things are. Um, we've had, you know, this is obviously what, seven or eight of these podcasts that we've had just this season or the past month or so on the portal. It This is the world now. So, um, the way that it looks now. And we'll see the coaching turnovers that we've always talked, that we talked about at other places, you know, the, the stuff that, you know, go down the list of Bama and, 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 you know, Washington, Arizona, we'll see what happens with Harbaugh and all that stuff. Like you never, you know, you just never really know, right. You know, you hate to even say anything because by the time this thing gets, you know, sent out into the world, which could be in 30 seconds, the whole world could be different, but this is the world we live in. This is the way you piece together your roster. And I think Tennessee's doing a pretty decent job this off season.
1: It certainly looks that way. And, and yeah, again, I think they've, if you're a Tennessee fan trying to assess what they've done in the transfer portal, I, I think you have to be reassured by the fact that they're getting highly ranked players at some of the positions where they had glaring needs, you know, not everybody they have brought in has been high profile. You've had, you know, Jalen McMurray and, and Miles Kitzelman, uh, that were, that were more under the radar type ads, but they're, they're, they're important players that you needed to, to get that, um, uh, that that patch up the depth and, and, and in McMurray's case potentially could start for you still. Um, there, there's a lot to like about you know each of the guys they they brought in. So, you know, some people have questioned it. They look at they look at what Florida State and Ole Miss and some other programs have done and really attacking the transfer portal. I think what Tennessee's done this offseason has been at least a small step in that direction. Not saying that they're they're overhauling their approach to the portal. I don't think they are. I think they still view the the portal as something that supplements what you were doing with your high school recruiting. But I think we've seen a different level of aggression from them. And certainly the Lance Hurd addition uh, really speaks to that and, and, and serves as a, a pretty strong indicator that they're serious about upgrading their talent in the positions where they feel they need to. And obviously offensive tackle is a big one that they've done, a, 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 I think, a good job over the past year, including the 2024 class of upgrading that position. So it, they, they've, they've made it clear they're, they're pretty serious about using the transfer portal more aggressively when, when possible. I, mean, I think we saw signs of that in the past, but they've been more effective at it this offseason for whatever reason. You know, Chris Brazzle, Lance Hurd, those are those are pretty big time additions. And then Holden Stays was a guy they targeted all along at tight end. So if you're a Tennessee fan, you can't have too many issues with what they've done this offseason. They've not gotten a uh, a Walter Nolan type, aside from you know, if you if you want to put Lance Hurd in that discussion, which talent-wise, is
0: talent-wise, not- talent-wise, you might you might wanna.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's not far off. He's just not obviously as proven uh, as, as Walter Nolan, cause he's not played quite as much football, but you know, that that's, he's the first, you know, that kind of first edition of that magnitude that Tennessee's really had in the portal. So that alone is a step in the right direction, but then you combine that with the, the Holden Stazes and the, and the Chris Brazzle, it, it really looks like they're, you know, they've, they've been pretty serious about bringing in some real players uh, out of the transfer portal. And when you, look, when you look at their past results, they've not had a lot of those types. It's been, you know, brew mccoy it's you know they, they've had some nice players from the portal but it's more often been guys like kamal hadden that took a year or two to get on the field in a bigger role or, or something like that they've, you know McAllen castles is the guy that worked out pretty well but you know didn't didn't play his way into being a first round draft pick or anything like that you know they've been there have been some success stories but they've been a little more uh just solid starters as opposed to like all sec players now we're starting to see them get some players that you can say, okay, this is the guy that could be a real player in the future and really change the, the talent level of this, of this roster. So that's, that's – I think it's a clear step in the right direction a sign that Tennessee has kind of figured it out, I think, a little more in terms of really deciding that they're, they're going to upgrade their roster through whatever means possible, and, and in some cases that they've adjusted to sort of the way of the world, which is transfer portal You know, prices of NIL deals and stuff are outlandish in some cases. And they've, I think, you know, understood how how competitive the landscape is and that they've got to be serious about winning some of these battles. And they've clearly shown they're capable of doing that with a guy like Lance Hurd, especially.
0: Well, the more you do something, the more you should improve at it, right? I mean, it's it's human nature to maybe not be great at something the first time you got to do it. But, you know, you go through it a couple of times and. You you start to figure out how to how, what's what you know, and I think Tennessee's done a pretty nice job of that. And this is obviously a big get, one we're celebrating for Tennessee, and uh, it's a it's a big way, it's a big 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 piece of the puzzle, right? A, a big old piece of that pie to go in there and uh, and and keep things up front, protect Nico Iamaliava, you know, get some return on that investment, make sure that uh, you've protected the guy you've put so much into, and. Looks like Tennessee's figuring that out. So uh, before Gus just ruins the end of this podcast by just going off down there, I think we might need to go ahead and stop there. But you got anything else, Ryan?
1: No, I, th- I think it's a good place to leave it. But uh, yeah, definitely a big day for Tennessee, and uh, one that I know took a little longer to to get there than people might have expected. But uh, but hey, these these don't all tra- transfer portal recruitments are weird, and 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 they happen on different timelines. Some sometimes guys make a decision in a day or two after entering the portal, and sometimes it's. It's a little more drawn out, and that's one I know. Tested some people's patience, but Tennessee got to the finish line, and uh, and and hey, it's no matter how you got it there, uh, that they, they got it done. That's all that matters.
0: Yeah, they don't ask. Uh, they don't ask how. They ask how many. Right. Uh, Speaking of, uh, you know, Tennessee's added a Jalen McMurray in this portal. So I'm making Letterkenny references and y'all are just going to have to deal with it. So uh, (laughs) regardless, and speaking, I'm thinking of Letterkenny probably because it's, uh, you know, there's been like a billion feet of snow in Knoxville this past week. So uh, thanks for being here, Ryan. And uh, we, I'm sure we'll talk to you again very, very soon.
1: Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Wes.
0: There's that button. And now I can say... for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That is all that it costs, and that's after a quick free trial. And once you pay us that reasonable rate, which is, again, less than one mediocre lunch per month, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, uh, which is an excellent growing behemoth of a streaming arm there with us here at CBS, Paramount, Viacom, etc. You get every show CBS has ever made commercial free. You get new movies. You get classic movies that rotate in every single month. Uh, You also get just tons of original content, tons of great original Paramount Plus content. And you also uh, get access to the vaults of uh, Nickelodeon, uh, Smithsonian, uh, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, something for the entire family. All of that. All of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That—that That is so much stuff. So much stuff. That's a bunch of stuff. Less than one m- lunch a month. That's all that it costs. So go to govalls 247com